0: Welcome to Expert Views on ADR Ever, a podcast about simplifying alternative dispute resolution in a bid to attract more users to settle their disputes or conflicts with these alternatives mediation, arbitration, negotiation, conciliation, and early neutral evaluation. My name is Chinwen Iwini Kapos, Doctorate Fellow at the University of Brighton, United Kingdom, and a Fellow of the American Bar Association section of dispute resolution. I am um, delighted to welcome Joe Colbert Stanley to the Eva Show. She is a Florida Supreme Court qualified arbitrator and certified circuit Civil and co- County mediator. Joe has practiced law for over twenty years, focusing on the areas of labor and employment, insurance, defense, ADR, and human resource diversity and sensitivity training. She's currently pursuing her PhD in conflict analysis and resolution. Joe wears many hats, so I've left the link to her profile below. Welcome to the show, Jo, we we'll stop sharing now. Thank you, thank you.
1: Thank all you right, for having
0: so, me. All right, so without, I think we've wasted time, so <laughs> without further ado, The question one is, um, how far has ADR been able to enhance access to justice in the US using Florida as a case study?
1: Oh, I think it's it's done a great job. Um, Of course, you know, what we call now ADR has been around for centuries, millennia, well well before, um, you know, what we see now as a more formalized um, use of ADR methods. But I do, in my practice, I see the, um, I would say relief um, Mm -hmm. on a lot of faces of people who would otherwise not have their um, quote day in court um, because of the informality and um, the economics, frankly, of ADR uh, formats that are able to have their, you know, their, their disputes resolved or at least heard Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's done a a wonderful job. Um, And in part, that's due to the um, overwhelming adoption by formal um, dispute resolution services, such as courts and litigators and and judges and whatnot who have come to accept that not everything needs to be litigated (laughs) and fought tooth and nail in front of a judge in robes, so to speak.
0: So how about lawyers? Uh, Have they embraced ADR? I think so. Yeah,
1: -hmm. I I think so. I mean, you'll always have um, attorneys who, um, I like to say, uh, would prefer to earn their pay (laughs) in more traditional um, settings, such as in the courtroom, the Mm -hmm. aforementioned courtrooms. But I think attorneys are are, um, recognizing that, for example, with mediation, um, it's a good opportunity to um, you know, present their clients' cases and um, have the ability to perhaps resolve them in more creative fashions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think in general, attorneys um, do do adopt the ADR at least as a step in the process. Um, mm-hmm. Even the most reluctant ones acknowledge that there's a, a value um, to at least, for example, going to mediation beforehand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, is there any measurable difference or impact on the cost and um, time frame for settling disputes compared um, in ADR compared to litigation?
1: For sure. Um, you know, and, and there's definitely research and statistics on this. Hmm. You know, even using arbitration, you can generally expect a result depending on what institution, whether you're doing an ad hoc arbitration yeah. versus an institutionalized of arbitration, but generally you can expect to have your case resolved at least a year before it would be um, even set for trial. And in Florida, um, you know, and and I think this is true probably across the United States, I can't speak internationally, but court dockets dockets are notoriously um, overcrowded. Um, And so there's a delay sometimes in getting hearings set and getting trials set um, and, you know, extensions and then another extension. But um, with arbitrations and mediations, you know, generally once the the neutral sets the date or the the parties have agreed on a date, it goes. Um, So it definitely speeds things up. And Mm -hmm. there's definitely a financial benefit Um, you know, attorneys are going to charge what attorneys charge anyway in terms of their time, but you're certainly saving maybe on costs of court fees and whatnot. But what's important to note um, in many, especially commercial um, enterprises, even though you're paying for a court uh, or you're paying for an arbitrator, for example, and you're paying your attorney's fees anyway. So you may say, well, is there really a difference? Is there really a cost savings versus going to court? Um, It's important to point out that delay the delay Mm -hmm. of going to court and going to trial and and then after trial, let's not forget an appeal and the whole appellate process, that timeline has an expense in and of itself, Mm -hmm. um, especially for commercial enterprises where, you know, you're not getting a resolution of the matter. So assets may be frozen or products aren't getting off the shelf or contracts Mm -hmm. aren't being honored and services aren't being performed. So the delay is um, a huge, um, has an impact on costs that uh, alternative dispute resolution uh, mechanisms avoid, <laughs> or at least ameliorate. Hmm.
0: All right, thank you. So in relation to um, workplace conflict, uh the workers or employees are aware of um, ADR options, you know? Of certain oh, yeah, well,
1: that'll depend on the employer, right? Hmm. So Um, Yeah, and and in those cases, I I see more and more a corporate trend, of course, towards Mm -hmm. in-house mediation. Mm -hmm. And there's a school of thought that in-house mediation or in-house dispute resolution is improperly imbalanced because, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's being run by the corporate, quote, mediator, um, there may be a a perception of bias. However, and and I can I know individuals who do this, you know, yeah. and that that bias is is it's a perception, it's not real. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that employees who work in corporations that do have in-house dispute resolution mm-hmm. um, mechanisms available to them take advantage of them. But you know, each individual is going to have their own um, perspective as to whether or not it was uh, an impartial. Uh, process
0: yeah yeah okay so to what extent are um employees encouraged to um use um to settle their disputes or to settle um discrimination bullying or harassment um with adr at the workplace to what,
1: to what extent again yeah. that that's all yeah that all depends on the corporation corporation um, okay yeah yeah it, it's it's very employer specific hmm. um and I think larger companies, the Fortune 500 companies and what have mm-hmm. you have uh, yeah. aligned themselves more um, increasingly, of course, with DEI efforts and, and a, you know, more creative ways of handling in-house um, disputes, in, in particular between employees, you know, sort of peer-to-peer mediation techniques and what have you. But it, it's very specific to the employers and um, the corporate culture in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, okay, do you know anything about private organizations? Is there any body that regulates their um, policy?
1: That regulates the policy of the When of it comes to settling group. disputes, yeah, Um. via ADR, yeah. For employers, I can't think of anything. I mean, obviously here mm-hmm. in the United States, have EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, that yeah. has a, a fairly stout framework for how, okay. you know, the, the administ- not only administrative steps, but the in-house steps that need to be undertaken. And certainly, um, you know, with presidential laws, there's you know, understanding by employers of what um, measures they would need to have in place um, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to, to show that they have been fair to, to their employees. So, yeah, you're looking at you know agency regulations, you're looking at laws. Uh, obviously, you know we've got our um, anti-discrimination laws here in the United States, um, civil rights laws and what have you. So all of those things create, you know by virtue of the the just the text of them in some cases, they create a, a framework and architecture which mm-hmm. guides employers um, and corporate interests in in you know how to handle employee. Matters. And for labor, you know, that's a whole other ball of wax with the NLRB as well.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you. So, why is um, ADR more prevalent or popular in the more complex society in this context, US as developed countries, than it is in the less complex societies?
1: And yeah. Right. So, I I think, you know, it's a matter of semantics for me. in, in the sense that we say it's more popular, but how do we know? Um mm. you know who's really who's you know as you as you yourself know um as a yeah. doctor, um the statistics can be, you know, skewed to any side. Yeah. So if something's not being measured, does it not exist? I don't know, right? So mm. it's that whole thing. If if a cold yeah. thing, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, it you know, does it make a yeah. sound? So I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to broadly say that it, ADR mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. mechanisms are more popular in, in complex societies. Mm-hmm. Um, to the contrary, I I believe that, you know, in, in what we consider less sophisticated societies, mm-hmm. they probably do, um, you know, ADR techniques by habit, you know, by, by yeah. uh, default, because yeah. they're not going to um, powdered wigs and oak-lined courtrooms to, to yeah. have their you know and like with arbitration right we know that there are there's actual documents showing mm-hmm. that there was private arbitration all the way back into 300 mm-hmm. BC um, and that's just the first recorded yeah. uh, type mm-hmm. of arbitration so we don't know from what's not recorded but there's always mm-hmm. been um, an indication that. Folks have, have managed to resolve their disputes informally without exactly. lawyers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think
0: yeah, I think you're quite right. Well, however, you know, recent research conducted I, I conducted and some other people has indicated that this is more like um like lawyers embracing um ADR and um, in developing countries they are you know they are yet to come around and um, even users as well when. Statistics collected indicated that in the more developed countries like UK, um, you know, they, they there are more people utilizing ADR than it is in, in the less complex societies. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, mm-hmm. India
0: and Ghana and Nigeria. And however, like you said, the traditional method of sending this food had always been there, you know, yes, before it was sure. formalized and you know brought brought us yeah. this modern ADR. So yeah, anyway. All right, thank you so very much. So what is the way forward for mass advocacy or awareness of the benefits of utilizing ADR?
1: I have, that's such a great question. I think yes. that, um, you know, the way forward, it's especially in, and if we wanna use the term complex civilizations, but definitely in the West, mm-hmm. um, we're a results oriented culture. And I think the way forward is gonna be based on results. And the more people who, whether they're quote unquote forced into ADR, which is anathema to ADR to begin with for most of us, yeah. but, um, but the more people who, who um, experience mediation or early neutral evaluation, as you, you mentioned, um, collaborative techniques and so forth, and are exposed to it and hmm. see the benefits, that spreads, right? Because it, they, they walk away going, oh, you know what? that was. That worked. That wouldn't uh, have happened if I'd gone to a courtroom. Yeah. So it, it's a matter of exposure. It's a matter of results. It's a matter of experiences. Um, and you know, we just have to keep doing exactly what you're doing, uh, Dr. Chenway, where you're you're um, publicizing it, right? Getting okay. the word out there. And um, um, you know, it's part of the marketing of of EPR in general.
0: All right. Thank you so very much. So, um, what type of mediation is best suited for workplace? um...
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I am Mm -hmm. not a fan of, or an advocate, which is (laughs) inside joke, but of, (laughs) um, of, you know, having these pigeonhole um, types of mediations for each solution. I'm very um, bespoke, I consider myself a bespoke neutral in the sense that it depends on what shows up. Mm -hmm. you know what's presented before me um if we talk about traditional styles of mediation you know that we learn about like narrative transformative problem solving um those different types you you know i i find that it's always a blend that's necessary yeah um (laughs) that you know you 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 may walk into a mediation where you think well ones and numbers crunching style mm-hmm. mediation. It's based on a, a dispute and a contract clause mm-hmm. or whatever. And so we're going to go problem solving style. Yeah. But then when you meet the individuals, you meet the, the personalities, mm-hmm. um, they may be more inclined to a collaborative process, yeah. you know, based on, um, um, you know, more transformative even uh, techniques. So I'm I'm loath to say there's one particular type for workplace disputes that's better over the other. But I mm-hmm. certainly think that given the likelihood that the employees will have to continue working with each other, yeah. um, you, you do want some form of a narrative technique where people get to say, tell their story, get mm-hmm. stuff off their chest, yeah. um, and, and hopefully you know, with a dose of transformative in there where they can sort of stop seeing each other's adversaries and yeah. um, develop a, a team uh, mindset.
0: Okay, okay. All right. Thank you. So what okay,
1: yeah. So what does
0: yacht mediation entail? So yacht mediation is And that's uh, the
1: first time. This first time of yeah. me. here So I'm really yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. For starters, I'll say this, that yacht yeah. yacht mediation, particularly private yacht mediation, which yeah. would be my sort of um niche if you would, but hmm. it it's something that happens very informally anyway. Um, And if you go to any boatyard, there's some level of mediation happening, (laughs) and this is where I I sort of leaned into when I was talking about less complex civilization, um, using alternative dispute resolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason being that in the yachting community, um, it's a very tight-knit community. Um, mm-hmm. And although, as, as I've said before, uh, it's a far-flung community because we travel, it's very transient, people come and go, um, but at the end of the day, it's, it, there's a, a certain level of camaraderie that underlies even the most adversarial relationships in yachting because you know you're going to need that engineer or you know you're going to need that captain or that boat painter or there's only one guy who really (laughs) handles those electronics so what it looks like is um a lot of um i would say rolled up sleeves and uh (laughs) you know my my, uh my late father-in-law would call it head bashing um where you just kind of get people in a room and go look you know that you need each other so what's the problem here um and it's very blunt um and realistic at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, but like I said, it happens nonstop. If you go oh. in a marina, if you go in any working boat yard, um, and of course I'm on the International Yacht Arbitration Council for yeah. the International Yacht Brokers Association. So there's some uh more um uh formalized you know um uh processes where you're yeah. dealing with purchase sales agreements and whatnot that look more like your traditional mediations in rooms yeah. you know, with, with individuals dressed in coats and ties but hmm. um but like i said because it's based on ongoing relationships and in many cases that need for confidentiality is so key um it, it's a it's a it's very unique but it's it's fun
0: oh wow that's interesting and sorry about the lights it's
1: you
0: know it's okay but, <laughs> so um finally okay no no finally sorry so what is your advice for people pursuing a career in adR yeah, mediation arbitration
1: yeah yeah um I think the first thing you have to look at is your timeline hmm. um, mediation ADR w- w- whichever route you go if you're medARb if you're enE what have you yeah. um, it's not something that happens overnight Um. You know, we we always talk about it being a long game, <laughs> and um, so I think if you're pursuing that, it, you know, as a career, at the outset, get your training in order um, because that's going to, you know, be the first step. Everyone's going to look at your credentials, and again, if you're, of course, in a state like Florida where we're pretty heavily regulated and and proud of it, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have have certain classes you have to take and observations and so forth. So the first step, of course, is to get the, your, your training done mm-hmm. and stay training, constantly training. Don't ever think, oh, well, now I know everything. You don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you keep on learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to all the CLEs, continuing legal education or CMEs, continuing mediation stuff. Um, but recognize that it takes time. It takes time to not only develop your craft, It takes time to develop your network. It takes time to develop your, I think, style um, to where, you know, you're not just necessarily doing what you learn in the books Mm -hmm. or in your training session, but you're learning what works for you um, because the key to being, I think, a successful neutral is being authentic Mm -hmm. um, to your personality, to your notions of fairness, to your notions of um, you know everyone there's two sides to the story that kind of um, you know um, perspective so it takes time to, to get to I think to mature into that role mm-hmm. and, and feel confident about your perspective mm-hmm. so the key is patience and training
0: yeah
1: and training yeah so constant training and
0: constant. then
1: yeah
0: your timeline as well so yeah
1: yes yeah, just don't don't think that it's going to be. Oh, I'll get my certificate and tomorrow I'll open up my shop. It's not <laughs> that's not why. That's <laughs> it doesn't, happen a, that way it doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: All right, thank you. So, can you tell me more about Stanley Legal Services and your testes as
1: well? So, my Stanley Legal Services, which was renamed five years ago, interestingly, of course, LinkedIn said, "Hey, congratulate Joe on her new job." <laughs> uh, new name. Um, But um, so been around for about 20 years, I've I've primarily worked as an independent consultant
0: Hmm. for
1: other law firms doing contract work, um, coming in on special cases, um, I would say places where it didn't necessarily fit into the firm's overall, you know, scheme or what they they did most (laughs) of the time. But here it's maybe it's a, a client that they value, but it's not the type of case they normally handle. So I, I come in, um, and then of course with my my neutral practice, um, so that's Stanley Legal Services. We're just yeah. as the tagline says, here to help. So just sort of roll up my sleeves and yeah. do what I have to do. Um, I, I think you asked about my dissertation. Um, yeah. As, as you know, that that topic is uh, <laughs> I have a T-shirt that says, "Questions you don't ask a PhD student." And one of them is, "What's your dissertation about?" Um, but I am I'm, I'm in my third you summarize year. summarize it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in my third year. So what, what I'm looking at right now is the relationship independent contractors in private yachting have with um, ADR processes, their access to justice, their ability to um, invoke mediation or arbitration clauses in their yeah. contracts to the extent that they have them. Um, but in general, just to see what what's going on with independent contractors, because I have a feeling, as mm-hmm. the owner of an independent contractor company in yachting, um, that oftentimes independent contractors are sort of left out of yeah the, uh, of the dispute resolution mm-hmm. facet in in private yachting due to the nature of maritime law in general. Mm-hmm. So, but it's an evolving topic, my dissertation. So we'll we'll yeah. see how it's. Uh, how it all plays out when it's time Mm -hmm. to defend my research proposal yeah so so uh, what methods and methodology have you employed so to everyone's horror uh, i'm going to be doing a mixed methods (laughs) um approach so yeah there's going to be interviews of course a qualitative Uh um, and analysis um because because i do um believe in you know the the phenomenological aspects of, of getting you need to know what people are experiencing. And, and I don't yeah. think statistics are enough.
0: Yeah.
1: However, yeah. that said, true. I am mm-hmm. going to go deep dive into the quantitative analysis as well and, and run my surveys and, and see what answers I get back.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: yes, yeah, mixed methods, it's going to be a hot mess and lots <laughs> of fun. But my dissertation,
0: my, yeah,
1: I think it's yeah, my my committee chair, Dr. Mary Hope Schwobel, is uh, very confident uh, for both of us <laughs> that, that oh, we're going to yes. that we'll be able to pull it off. So, oh. um, but it's going to take a while. Mm, good luck! Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So much. And if you need any help, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll call me. So well. <laughs>
0: okay, thank you so very much, Joey. It's So um, nice having you on the show and. Um, you've you. um, succeeded in simplifying ADR in Florida <laughs> so yeah and um, I I also want to thank uh, my um, um, listeners that you know they're always listening and um, sending me um, comments you know questions to ask and you know all that um, for their constant support thank you so much for their for your thank support, you. Thank, um, thank you. Yes, same time um, next and week, um, I'll be um coming again on the screen to um talk about um discuss about ADR and workplace conflict. Yeah. All right. Bye bye, Joe. Take care.
1: Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers.